listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We have another international story to share with you and a great group of guests in studio and online today to share about serving as team leaders for volunteer teams serving on short-term teams uh, around the globe. Joining us today, we have Kay Berry. She served as a first-time volunteer recently as a volunteer team leader with her team from Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Davenport, Iowa, on a recent trip to the Dominican Republic. Kay, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And Julia Petrovic, who served as a volunteer team leader on multiple trips, including trips to Hong Kong and Peru, right here in the St. Louis area, Peace Lutheran Church. Thanks so much for joining us today, Julia. You're welcome. And online, we also have Erin McKenzie. She serves as a volunteer coordinator for the Latin America and Caribbean region of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Erin, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Buenos dias. <laughs> and also in studio, Ann Gonzalez. She's the manager for short-term mission training and engagement for the LCMS Office of International Mission. Ann, welcome back. Always a pleasure. Let's start with serving as a volunteer. Julia, you have quite the resume as a volunteer. Tell us a little bit about your your what what interested you in serving in a team before you became a team leader. How did you get involved? Well, actually, you, you served as a team leader on your first team, but <laughs> what was your interest in, in serving on an international team as a volunteer? I had more time at that moment in my life, and I had a desire to start serving in that way. And I started domestically two years in Arizona through Nelm on a Navajo reservation, and I was the team leader for that. And that went really well, and I became familiar with LCMS and their mission trip opportunities. So I pursued that. You mentioned that you had time. What what were some of the things that, that took up your time before you were a volunteer? <laughs> well, I was younger, <laughs> and, and I, my three children were grown adults at that time. And so I decided I wanted to do that. And But as I did start this journey, I did become a foster parent mm, and had wow. children. But my husband was willing to stay home and take care, with the cur- take care of the current children, which freed me up to go. And eventually in Hong Kong, I took two of my foster children along for three years each. That's amazing. Yes, it was a, a great experience for them wow. and me to have them with us. Yes. I feel like that's a that's another story for another episode. I need to know more about that. But it is, it is. So you've served in Hong Kong, Hong Kong and also Peru, is that right? Yes. So tell tell us about the, some of the, the things that you learned on those trips. I learned that we are actually a PR opportunity for the missionaries. And I realized how important that can be for them and very helpful for them. And so I was pleased to be a part of that, especially in Hong Kong. The schools used us usually on an open house experience. They would line us up as as Westerners and have (laughs) the parents come in as proof that the school does offer Westerners there and conversational practice in English. And that's a big draw 
over there, especially. And then this time in Peru, which I've I've now have been back two weeks. And in Peru also, we helped with ESL classes as a draw for the neighborhood and gave the pastor contacts to follow up with. Kay, tell us about where your interest on serving on international teams started. Well, it's I became the uh, chairperson of our mission team. The pastor had asked if I would be interested in that, and I'm really involved in LWML, so that really probably started it. But I also was a full-time kindergarten teacher at Trinity. That just kind of made it a little bit more difficult to be involved at the time. So I retired in 2020. So that's when I really became more involved in the mission team. And we decided that wanted to do more with the Dominican Republic. And so that was when our team was able to choose a mission team to go to the Dominican Republic. And that's where it started. Kind of my bucket list <laughs> trip. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about that trip to the Dominican Republic, serving as a team leader. Where did you get to serve in the Dominican Republic? What are some of the things you got to do there as a team? We went to Santiago and we went to the seminary and where they had the, the church and the group home and also uh, the school that was there or is there. And so our, our main emphasis was that this was a, a mission education trip. We chose that just so that we could learn more about the area and be able to visit missionaries and, and the, the staff that was there and, and find out what we could do to support them better. So we're hoping and praying that we can support them with, with more prayer financial and, and sending more mission trips over there, more people over there from the congregation. So, Kay, what were your responsibilities as team leader on this trip? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> First, as on being on the mission team, we were in charge of uh, choosing the people or, or inviting people to become members of the mission team. So that's where we started. And our, our main emphasis was to choose leaders of the church. So we were choosing like people who were in, on the mission team. So there were three of us, Pastor and myself, and, and Rachel Meyer is an, also a teacher on the staff. And so we were looking for staff people, teachers, elders, youth. That was one of them, LWML. There were three gals that were involved in that that were on the team and the church board members. So that was one of that. That was the first thing we needed to really get that rolling. And once we had that that team of eight people, then we then I was the one that was starting as far as scheduling meetings and making sure everybody got the information. And what else was it? There was lots to do, but there was there was <laughs> a, there was right. Um, Aaron and Anne were my my speed dial all the time as far as email and, and phone and whatever, because whenever I had questions, I could contact them and they would help me. I was really into that leader guidebook, the leadership guidebook and the volunteer handbook. And man, it's almost like I memorized it. Had to keep going over it and making sure I was doing everything right. 
Yes. Now, Julia, what about you? What were some of your duties? And I know you, you've you've been a leader a few different times. So what were some of your leadership responsibilities as a team leader? Well, in a perfect world, Kay did everything right. I started recruiting people by just talking to them and asking them. But most of my team members came from coming up to my fundraising tables and asking questions and telling me they would like to go or they wish they could go, but they weren't a school teacher. They felt like they had to be a teacher. And I reassured them that as long as we had at least one teacher on the team, Mm -hmm. Anne would let us go. (laughs) So many rules, Anne. (laughs) I'm getting blamed for a lot of things, but I didn't, it wasn't all me. (laughs) And ultimately, I just left it up to the Lord to put the team together. And we usually pretty well survived that, going doing it that way. And then I would schedule regular meetings. But the most important thing that I did as a team leader up front was get the paperwork all done as quickly as possible. <laughs> yes. And more people. <laughs> yeah, there is some paperwork. <laughs> and, well, back then when I started, it was all paperwork. And now it's on Teamworks online. Yeah, that's But online. half of the team could do it on their own. The other half needed to be helped. And we would have special meetings for that. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of used to doing doing that. And another important thing about my team members is I emphasized to them that they needed to cross-train all of the duties that we were doing because ultimately someone always became ill. And I don't mean to scare people away, but some people... Things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're traveling, you're in a different time yes. zone, you've been yes. traveling for days, you're, yeah, your Eating body is just, food. yes. Yeah. And yep. that's very helpful. And, you know, they kind of look at you like, oh, okay, I can do that. But once you're on the ground, everyone does step up mm-hmm. and, you know, takes their spot over for as long as needed. We have more to learn about in just a moment uh, about serving as a team leader for volunteer teams serving in a short-term mission. We'll continue the conversation here in just a moment on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with team leaders from volunteer teams who have served internationally with LCMS Office of International Mission and our missionary partners around the globe. We've served in, we're talking with friends who've served in Latin America and Asia as well today. And I'm learning so much about being a volunteer, being a leader as well. What would you say, Julia, are some of the things that you've learned throughout your time? How many teams have you served on as a, as a team leader? About 17 about 17. 17. Is that all? 
Wow. Only 17. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the lessons that you've learned as a team leader through those 17 teams? I asked them to volunteer for what position they want to take part in. And then after they become comfortable with that, during our team meetings, they would share their experience and what they felt comfortable doing. And then that's when I would present to them, well, others need to cover for them in case they can't do it. And that's when everyone started feeling more comfortable with that concept. Um, One of the things as far as traveling overseas is we need to take all of our supplies with us. I don't like to uh, depend upon the school to put out expenses for anything or the church. So we have to pack a lot of things. What are you What are you packing in your suitcases when you're traveling <laughs> internationally on some of these teams? And what are the, the raised eyebrows you get at security at the airports and customs? <laughs> well, a lot of paper <laughs> or activities, uh-huh. especially in Hong Kong, the... The students love word search puzzles and things like that. And I did purchase puzzles um, about the uh, Lutheran logo, the rose, which was very beneficial. And so I would, I usually traveled with eight of those puzzle boxes. I could have got thrown the boxes away, but they were part of the story. And candy. (laughs) (laughs) lots of candy which can be heavy at times and then gifts you need to give gifts to the pastor and whatever leaders you have over there the geo help leaders that worked with you and in, in our case in hong kong the teachers and then yeah so it involved a packing a lot of different things (laughs) So I would ask, I would try to get the flights where you could pack, check in two bags. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I wound up buying about 10 large suitcases through our Thriving Funds and kept them in storage. And I'd give each team member a large suitcase and to help take things over in. And here's your ream of paper yeah, right. in your suitcase. That's a, that's a really good pro tip for all the people listening that want to be team leaders. Plus, my yeah. Bible actually is very heavy. <laughs> and I always make sure I present my Bible as I talk. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Well, first of all, I need to know if you pack anything off the wall in your suitcase when you go. But also, <laughs> what do you find really rewarding about serving with these teams as a team leader? Oh, my goodness. Just working together. I mean, you know, there's a camaraderie after all the meetings that you scheduled throughout the pre-mission trip. And then when once we were there, it was a really good time to be together. To, let's see, working with them. You know, they would step up to different things. I know I tended to get anxious or panicky when things would go wrong or I would, nobody was sure of what was going on and somebody else would come up with it and or just step right in and it just all helped out by working together in that so were there any things you had to pack as a team leader we were talking about some of the unusual things 
packing to bring along as a team leader? We tried what were some think- of the uh, unusual things? <laughs> We tried to keep one suitcase just for ourselves, but then we brought extra suitcases. Each of us brought a big one that had things that Aaron had said that people needed down there. So we packed those like books. And then we had things from our church that, what was it, stoles and pyramids. And there were other things that we weren't using anymore. So we sent it along down there or brought it along down. It was It was cheaper than sending it. Because, you know, your suitcase was cheaper in that route. So, What would you say from your perspective as a team leader, Kay, that, that you were able to, to accomplish together by working together as a team as volunteers? Oh, my goodness. Just having fun. Just be- <laughs> <laughs> we, we did clean one day. That, that was fun. It was hard. It was hot. <laughs> It was rewarding. It was rewarding. It was a very good, good trip. Just the idea of everybody being there. Everybody had a responsibility. Everybody had a responsibility when we came back because when we presented our trip, people talked to us about it. We're able to share with them that just how God is working down in the Dominican Republic, how the missionaries are just, they all work together and you could see how God was working through them in that area. It just was really super rewarding. How about for you, Julia? 17 trips. What 17 teams, what would you say are some of the things that you've you've seen teams able to accomplish by working together? Well, I've seen several repeat team members mm-hmm. over the years. And that's always a blessing. I see the joy that they have, that they have learned and picked up on. And we always have new members every year, but we always have some repeat members. And I enjoy seeing the team, the new number, new members and the old ones bond during the time. And the smiles get bigger and bigger mm-hmm. as the week goes on. And, and especially with Aaron, you know, we had, it was a small team in Peru. Normally my teams are five to ten which is a lot of people to keep together. But with Erin, we had plenty of one-on-one time with her, which was very nice. It was a treat. (laughs) Yeah, Erin, how do you interact with the team leaders when you're planning these trips? So oftentimes I'm talking to the team leaders before before the trip is even a thing, helping them figure out where they might go and when they might go. And then once once we've kind of settled on that and some of the early processes are more underway, I basically function as, as a resource answering a lot of questions. I think team leaders feel like they're bothering me a lot when they email me or, or send me teamwork messages, but it's, it's really my job. Um, I'm here to make sure that they feel as prepared as possible and that they feel as comfortable as possible as they're doing their preparations stateside. And then once they get to the field, again, to make them feel as comfortable as possible once they're in an unfamiliar place to them, that's that's familiar and known to me. I'm kind of their their guide. And then they they sort of function as the representatives of the team in a lot of ways. I'll go to them if there's any sort of information that I need to disseminate to the whole team. Sometimes it's hard to wrangle 
a big group of people. So I'll communicate something to the team leader and then leave it up to them to to delegate or to to round up the group when they do their team Bible study or debrief or something. Oftentimes it involves a schedule change. There's a lot of <laughs> schedule changes that happen in Latin America. The team leaders also often make decisions on behalf of the team. Sometimes when you have a team of 10 or 12 people or even three people, you can't you can't get everybody to come to a consensus. You can't get everybody in one room at one time. So I'll often let the team team leader make decisions on behalf of the team. What are some of the things that that you've seen from teams working together, Aaron, that have just been joys for you working with team leaders and and teams? Uh, what are some of the joys for you in the work that you get to do? I love watching people from gr- different groups of people from a congregation that that might not naturally form a group. Like maybe they didn't even know each other um, before they signed up to serve on this team. And then as they as they meet together and as they travel together and as they serve together, they they learn about each other, they study God's word together and they form relationships that way. They just deepen the bond that they share and then they go back and I think they, they have this new community, this like I don't know how to describe it. They they they're united in this shared experience um, of having served abroad. And that that unity lasts years into the future. I still remember some of the people that I served on the first time that I was a part of a team. And they're people that I probably wouldn't have talked to even in my congregation had we not served together. So it's fun to watch that happen from the other side now. And a lot of times I'll make like a WhatsApp group or on a text group or on, I just served on a team in Jamaica and or hosted a team in Jamaica and they created a Facebook group. They actually had a team reunion like the following week. And we're going to have another one when I'm on home service, hopefully. So it's really fun to watch those sorts of bonds happen. Yeah. Would, Julia, you're, you're nodding your head. Do you see that happen <laughs> with, with teams that the, the bond that, that develops while serving internationally continues in different ways when you come back to the States? Yes, I do see that. And we usually have regular fundraisers at our church and they love coming together <laughs> to help with the fundraiser. And they love talking to new people about maybe joining the team also. Kay, any any thoughts on that, on how your team bonded and, and grew and, and how that's impacted you since you've returned back to the States? Yes, and what Aaron said was absolutely true on our trip and everything. We had... What did I say? We had thirty-year-olds, forty-year-olds, and they're not. Then we skipped and went up to sixty and seventy-year-olds. So we're talking about a intergenerational group there. But we all work together so well, and it was just a lot of fun. Now that we're back, we know each other. I mean, it is like a a, a bonding group. People do come up to us, and they they want to go on a trip in the next time. A gentleman asked me yesterday, he would just be honored to be able to go on on the next one. And he speaks Spanish, Aaron. (laughs) We're going, yes, you are going to help us. But he offered even to help us now to do like Zooms and things like that so that we could be able to, to translate and things like that. But yeah, we're able to be able to talk to other groups and different areas in the church. 
and get the school kids excited about it. So, <laughs> And what are the qualifications to serve as a team leader? Well, you need to be an adult. Okay. <laughs> so of at least 21 in most cases, you need to love Jesus, be member of an LCMS congregation, and have the approval of your pastor. And that's about it. So um, no, no prior service qualifications? No. I mean, it's it's okay. probably easier for you if you've served internationally at least once before or traveled abroad, something like that. But it's yeah. not a requirement. Erin and I, or whoever the volunteer coordinator is, coach them through the process. And there's a, there's a lot of resources we provide. And we've had everybody, young people, older people, pastors, DCEs, lay people. It, we've had all sorts of team leaders. And recently I was talking with some of our past team leaders and the number of times that people said, well, I never thought I would do this, but <laughs> as a part of their story, really, really makes me encourage people to say, well, maybe if you're thinking about this, this is what God is calling you to do right now. Yeah. So where are some upcoming opportunities to serve on short-term peeps? Yeah. So actually, I'm going to pitch this to Aaron uh-huh. because most of our open opportunities right now, praise God, are for next fall. So if you're thinking about this, you've got a whole year to plan. We've really had people step up and say yes to serving in the spring and summer of 2024. So Aaron, what's still available for fall 2024? Yeah, it's really been exciting to see um, the overwhelming um, response to people wanting to come and serve nationally. So um a couple of the places where we could use people um, next fall would be Peru and Panama. Wow. What are yeah. some of the unique things about serving in those areas? What are some of the things you might do serving in Peru or Panama? In in Panama, there's a big construction project that we're trying to wrap up. And I feel like every time I, I talk to one of the, the missionaries that's there or the local leaders, there's more tasks that keep getting <laughs> added to the list of things that need to be done in Panama. So we're, we're looking for construction teams and it exactly what they'll be doing is largely dependent on what previous teams accomplished. I'm actually headed to Panama on Thursday and we have a team that's going to be doing kitchen remodel among other things, installing some cabinetry. So it's a fairly extensive renovation project that will probably still be going on next fall. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely looking for people there. And then in Peru, could do something very similar to what Julia's team just did recently. And that was ESL. There's lots of desire for that. It's a huge, a huge need and a huge opportunity to bring people into our church and to to really use materials and resources that that bear the gospel message as you're also providing them with a need and skill and service. So you could do that with adults or or with kids. There's also other opportunities to work with kids and doing like a VBS style outreach or any kind of any kind of VBS that has like a specific focus on like art or music, different types of, of enrichment like that that might not be part of a, a normal curriculum. Music especially is, is exciting to, to the kids there. And when you're thinking about teaching English, your qualifications are you are a native you're English native So if you have any kind of teaching background, that's helpful, but it's not required. All right. So how do we take the first steps? What's the first step to 
serving on a team and maybe learning about becoming a team leader as well. Sure. So go to servenow.lcms.org and that's where you can find the opportunities that Aaron mentioned. There are also a few opportunities for individuals to join a team. So if that's more your speed, we'd love to talk with you too. And you, there's a form there or an email. You can just drop us a note. As Even if you are like, I don't really know if this is what I'm going to do, but just send us a line and we'll we'll help you uh, think through the process and where you might go. And uh, yeah. Very good. Visit servenow.lcms.org. You can find all kinds of information there about serving internationally. Our guest today, Anne Gonzalez, Manager, Short-Term Mission Training and Engagement for the LCMS Office of International Mission. Anne, thanks. Thank you. Erin McKenzie, she serves as volunteer coordinator for the Latin America and the Caribbean region for the Lutheran Church Misery Synod. Erin, always a joy to talk with you. Yeah, great to be back. And Julia Petrovic served as a volunteer team leader on multiple tree, multiple trips and teams, uh, including Hong Kong and Peru. Julia, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing your story today. You're welcome. And Kay Berry, one of the newest team leaders. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today here on The Coffee Hour. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.